Let's talk Fear Street 1994. Hi. Hello. Hello. And Hello, everybody, and welcome. And welcome. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of The Last Ones In Podcast. I am Dry Archuleta, joined by my wife, Liz. Hey. And my sister, Sam. Hi. Uh, and tonight we are going to be talking about Fear Street Part 1, 1994, uh, which we're going to be doing something weird for content this week because we got behind on schedule again um, for like the millionth time this year. And so we're going to be doing a live stream tonight and tomorrow night. Um, talking about the... Uh, tonight is Fear Street Part 1, tomorrow's Fear Street Part 2, and then Friday night we're going to do another live stream where we talk about the third, and what I suspect, and what they've said at least, will be the final part of the Fear Street trilogy. Um, and then these archives will be going up Wednesday and Thursday, so it'll be like kind of a three-day three, three day thing. Um, but yeah, I... I guess let's get into it with Fear Street Part 1, 1994. Um, I don't want to go too heavy into spoilers just because they are super new. And I kind of do want people to watch them, seeing as they are very readily available and on Netflix. <laughs> um, so I guess I'm going to ask uh, Liz here, although I think I kind of know your thoughts on this first one. Um, what do you think of this first Fear Street movie? Um, I like it. It's a good, um, it's not like hella scary. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I don't know. It's just good. I don't know. It's hard to go without like spoiling anything. <laughs> what, what is it you liked about it? Oh, um, I don't know. I like the characters. It wasn't like when you keep watching it, there's things that happen that you don't think will happen. Like you think it'll follow some regular horror story cliches um, and they don't. They're not like huge. You know, they're not like game changing. I think they just tweak it just a little bit. So it's different than the rest. Um, it's like that that Halloween fun movie in the summer. So, you know, when everyone's murdering everyone. Because <laughs> of the heat. Right. Uh, which Sam is currently experiencing all <laughs> kinds of frustration yeah. because of the heat. Yeah, uh, I'm going to murder some people because of the heat. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so hot. I don't have air conditioning. So I don't have it at home. I don't have it at work. Fuck Wait. this bullshit. We have a swamp cooler, as you know, Sam. Uh, yes. Oh, might not. And Liz just set up like this fan system to where it just pushes the air throughout the entire house, and it's yeah, it's mostly very effective, actually. It's pretty nice. I've not <laughs> wanted to kill anybody because of heat this summer, so feel pretty good about well, that. Aren't you special then? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> What what are your thoughts on this first one, Sam? 
I liked it. I thought it was really fun. Um, I feel like it was it. It is sort of, um, I think, targeted towards teens, but I don't think that's a bad thing either because I feel like a lot of the old slashers were targeted towards teens as well. And this just has sort of the same feel, but it also has the feel of something like Scream. Like yeah. I got a lot of Scream vibes in this. Like I don't and... know if you picked up on that first kill in the movie or like the first kill we see in the movie but that Mm -hmm. shot is like directly taken from the first screen oh yeah (laughs) like the the choreography is like exactly the same and like the help the person pulls the other person down it's like exactly so good yeah (laughs) it's pretty pretty good that's probably why i got scream vibes from it yeah of course i haven't seen the first scream in forever so i can't well, we need to fix that then, because that's an incredible movie. Yeah. <laughs> Scream one's good. I stand by that. People are haters nowadays. Nah, I think that one is pretty good. But, yeah. Scream anyway. 3, on the other hand, terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, I think that this honestly blends, like, homage and seriousness and like but like a fun serious like it, it doesn't take itself seriously but it takes like the genre seriously if that makes sense yeah um like it doesn't ever feel like it's like mocking you for enjoying it mm-hmm. <laughs> which i feel like a lot of like slashers that this is kind of paying homage to like the 90s and early 2000s slasher movies like kind of were mocking the audience like you fucking like this trash you garbage human <laughs> <laughs> I suppose so. I feel like a lot of it, it um was just really self aware at some point. <laughs> I mean Thanks when you know me. something like fucking Jason X comes out, you know, you know they're yeah. at least a little self aware <laughs> and know they're making something really stupid and shitty. <laughs> yeah, by that point for sure. Um which I guess we should say um before we really talk about too much about this what the actual story is um Mm -hmm. it's loosely based on from what i can understand like i didn't really read the fear street books as a kid i knew of them and i would like read parts of them in the library randomly but i never Mm -hmm. like sat down and actually read one fully Um, it's more about the goosebumps (laughs) yeah which again uh, arl stein this is based off of arl stein books fear street which i yeah (laughs) when i was looking at it actually because i did like a bunch of research after we watched the first one me and liz I was like, oh, what, what, what is this really like based off of any of it? And like, kind of, but not really. It's based off of like the setting and some like side stories that you kind of hear, but it's like not like directly taken from one of the books. This isn't like a story directly from the book. Is it, is it just one book? No. Um, It's like a series. The things that they take. Yeah, it is a series. I think its original run was only like four books. And then he did like a bunch of like side stuff throughout the uh, 2000s until 2014 when he brought it back and it became like more of a mature gore fest kind of thing. Um, but yeah, like the original slate of them was only like four books or something. And then I think eventually it got to the point to where there was actually more Fear Street books than Goosebumps books. Um, really? Damn. It's kind of crazy. But <laughs> yeah, so this is not really like directly based off of any of the stories, just kind of characters and environments really and like the general world of fear street instead of directly taken from the books um which i think 
probably ends up helping it a lot, honestly, because it feels, it doesn't feel like I'm like missing anything, which I think a lot of like book adaptations make you kind of feel that way in a lot of ways sometimes. Like you're like, yeah, there's like a crucial piece of the story that you're just not <laughs> getting somewhere because they just didn't think it was important enough to add it. Yeah, they leave out leave out some of the finer details that are probably more important. Than they yeah, 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 and I, and I, I never feel like this is doing that. At least I don't. Um, Me either. No, I think it explains everything pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the general story is there is Shady Side, and what is the other town? Sunnydale. Sunnydale, <laughs> which just makes me is think of Sunnyvale from. Buffy, I think that's what it's called. I th- yeah, I think that's yeah. where I'm, why I was getting confused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's Sunnydale it, or Sunnyvale in this. Oh, God, um, <laughs> it's been I, a while since I've seen Buffy. <laughs> oh yeah, it's been a really long time since I've seen Buffy. Um, I just I remember the bad side of town is shady side, which is just very funny to me. <laughs> um. I'll I'll look it up in a second, or if you want to look it up while I tell the uh, general plot okay. of this first movie, Sam. Um, yeah, Buffy is Sunnydale. Okay, and so is this, this Sunnyvale? Is Sunnyvale, right? This has to be. Um, maybe it's it's not even gonna be like Vale. It's gonna be like it's just gonna be Sunnyside. That'd be really funny, actually. <laughs> um. um but yeah, so like the general plot of this first one is that... No, it is Sunnydale in this, apparently. Oh, cool. <laughs> so I, I wonder <laughs> if, it is just, if, if it is just like a direct reference. Reference? Maybe, actually, yeah. Buffy. Huh. Yeah. Um, also, those people are hella old. The Buffy people? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Well, now they are. <laughs> Well, and it's viewers also. Yeah, I feel like this is like. I feel like this is one of those movies. Getting a little sidetracked here, but this is one of those movies that like brings in a new audience of people to enjoy like a slasher movie or like what a slash or like the idea of what a slasher movie is without being that exact thing, while also like appeasing people Mm -hmm. who like that older stuff, like um, me and you, Sam, and to some extent you, Liz. Some mm-hmm. of that older slasher stuff. Yeah, I like slasher suspense movies. Yeah, like thriller, but that's pretty much the only. That's really the only good horror around, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So full disclosure. Hater here, Liz. You don't really like horror. <laughs> okay, but think about it. Think about the classics here. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. What would you consider like classics? Yeah, like, classic, 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 or like classic, like zombies, like, class- like the zombie movies, like, like Night of Living Night Dead, of the Living Dead, <laughs> and the yeah, black and white classic. one. That's Night of Living Dead. That one. Yep. That yep. one. <laughs> what about Psycho? What do you feel about Psycho? I've never seen Psycho. What? Good. I know there's a 4K restoration of it out that I really want to get, and that'd be a great way to show Liz. Nice. <laughs> American Psycho. No, different. No, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty different. Halloween. The original Halloweens. Great. The original yeah. Freddy Kruegers. 
Those, I think, are classics. They're slashers. Yes. And (laughs) suspense movies. Yes. All of them, as they keep going on, become, like, less and less of that. Yeah. Super silly, but... (laughs) They're silly, like, possession ones, and it's all... Like you might might argue that Nightmare on Elm Elm Street does go into Supernatural. I mean, they all have to go into Supernatural. They all do. Yeah, Yeah, but but it's not like (laughs) the devil made me do it. Ha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, it's funny because Freddy starts off like Supernatural and very weird and like you don't know what's going on. Whereas, like, Halloween and Friday the 13th are just people. Yeah, it starts off pretty um, grounded in reality, sort of, in reality, I guess. Yeah, like, even the shooting style <laughs> is very grounded in reality and, like, mm-hmm. very dark and, like, dreary. And as they go on, they just don't, there's not that anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just to keep the characters and everything alive, they kind of have to go into weirder directions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is kind of why I like the Halloween reboot series so much, is because it just says, you know what, fuck, fuck all of that. Like that just didn't happen. That was bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you keep the same team for so long, you only get so many good ideas. Yeah. And they run out fast. Yeah, which I think is like another thing of why the Nightmare on Elm Street movies are so good too, is because they they were pumping those out like fucking crazy, but they had different creatives behind each and every one of them. I think, like, right. the only thing that stayed the same was the film crew. So, like, but, like, the directors and writers and stuff like that changed throughout all of them. So, they all had a very different feeling. Yeah. So, I think that helps those a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, which is all to say, I guess, this movie pays homage to, I would say, very specifically, this era of slashers the most. The best yeah. type of horror. <laughs> well it is set in the 90s too so which is the hella tight era <laughs> one of the worst eras but i was digging I the mean, music the music wasn't bad yeah they definitely yeah. um uh really tried to push the 90s <laughs> yeah they <laughs> did the every song was just like a 90s hit <laughs> um even even songs that came out after 1994 were in this just in the soundtrack yeah. because <laughs> just general 90s i think mm-hmm. is but like i don't feel like it's like very in your face but i don't feel like it's in your face in an annoying way i feel like it's in your face in like if a movie came out in 1999 it mm-hmm. you would expect it to have this exact soundtrack <laughs> yeah like, Pretty it sounds much, like a movie actually. that would have come out in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. But yeah, general general plot of the whole thing is um, it's there's going to be slight spoilers in this, but not too terribly. Um, there is this huge curse over Shadyside. And everybody in Shadyside feels like there's this huge curse and this overwhelming darkness and the people in Sunnydale kind of look down on them and treat them like shit. And that ends yeah. up leading to this huge confrontation on a bus, which is where the movie like really pops off. And uh, you start to learn about this curse a little bit. There's this little brother character also, I should say, who is um, 
the nerd. <laughs> like the most uh generic nerd possible but not again not in an annoying way well not the most generic nerd but well not the most generic he's definitely a nerd (laughs) yeah like he's chatting on aol like in character in like this old timey speak and he's like he's a crime nerd we speak old timey timey. speak Fuck you. Wow. <laughs> I know you were only born in like 91 or something. <laughs> I mean, like, Jeez. he like says m'lady and stuff like that. Like... Oh, yeah. Like, pretty cringe. <laughs> m'lady. Yes. <laughs> Not like he's an AOL, like the cavemen were, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or speaking old English. <laughs> um,. <laughs> no, like he he's on the he's in this chat room with somebody who we don't really know who he's talking to. I'm not sure if that will end up being important or not. Maybe yeah, I'm not sure. But uh, it would be great if it was an Arl Stein cameo on the other side of that computer. <laughs> it, well, it would be kind of great and also kind of creepy too. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> because he's pretty old. <laughs> Yeah, that's talking true. to a fucking what a thirteen year old or whatever he is. Yeah, He's catfishing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you end up finding about this out about this curse in this town because of this little kid who's been following these murders all the way back since sixteen sixty six, when this witch was burned alive, and uh, there was a huge murder that happened in that town. And he's traced it back to where, like, from that murder and that massacre, there have been very similar murders and massacres all through until modern time. Um, and his theory is that they're all connected, even though everybody thinks that he's crazy. Uh, which is kind of fun, actually. That this, like, this little kid just, like, knows all of that. I really like that aspect of it. Because it didn't feel yeah. cheap. Well, it felt... Oh. <laughs> You always have to have like that character that just has to fucking spew out the plot points and like the ex- what is it called exposition exposition. exposition. <laughs> I, I'm, <afraid laughs> I'm gonna say that wrong again because I said it wrong in a <laughs> in a previous <laughs> podcast episode. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but it's still all very, all still very '90s. So. You have the big sister with the little annoying brother. And of course, he's younger. So he's more in tune with like digital age. Right. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. So even though I think, in 90, then. I think in 94, AOL chat rooms and chat rooms in general weren't really. I mean, I think they were a thing according to Google. But I don't think they were like <laughs> a thing for anyone other than those other than that was like super rich or something. I'm not sure. But... Yeah. It was, uh, it was those were the ones that cared enough. So again, like the little kid that, you know, cared enough to know more about that and kind of open horizons and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I think it's just still 90s. Like with the little brother and the chatting with the thing and him knowing because you know in the especially in those movies back then there's always the one that knows more because they go more beyond back in the old times (laughs) 
<laughs> because like you're an old, old, Jiraiya's an old, and like I'm still in the young, so. <laughs> really? Yeah, I've categorized them like this. Okay. <laughs> Plus, not everyone had a computer back then, like just in their house. Yeah, That's very true. You know, it wasn't really much of a thing. There were still Until, VHS like, we tapes flying around just... telling people how to connect to the internet. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it does retain internet. that. Like, sorry. It does retain say the that whole nineties feel. Oh god. Okay. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Go ahead. <Sam. laughs> I was gonna say the whole internet and like chat rooms and stuff didn't really become a thing until like late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. For like uh, yeah, like a household thing, really. Then it really started to become that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But yeah, it retains that 90s feel throughout all of it. Like the clothes feel very 90s. The environments feel very Mm -hmm. 90s. The houses feel very 90s in a way that like makes me annoyingly nostalgic, just on a personal level, because I kind of uh, get angry when I'm nostalgic about a thing for some reason. I don't know. It's a personal problem. I got to work through it. Uh, (laughs) That's that's the reaction you have. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But like everything feels very, very 90s and looks very 90s. Which is mm-hmm. um, like a nice warm blanket for a lot of people, I would say. And it's not in a way that is like throwing it in your face in a really dumb, annoying way. Like how I think um, Stranger Things eventually got to with the 80s. Of mm-hmm. how it's like, look at how 80s this is. Whoa. Like, I, so don't think, <laughs> I don't think this ever got to that point. Um, um, I think it definitely kind of did but like it doesn't make me angry well it doesn't really make me angry that much (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah like i think ultimately what ends up working with this movie so much is that without spoiling anything is that the characters all are very very charismatic and like they all work really well together um Mm -hmm. Everybody in the main cast, at least for me, I got, I don't, I don't speak for you guys, but everybody in the main cast, I really, really liked and was really rooting for in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. and I just, I yeah. didn't, I, I just don't want to see any of anything bad happen to any of them. Mm-hmm. Which I think is something that <laughs> so many uh, horror movies fail, honestly. Um. Because I think a lot of horror movies fall into that thing of like make everybody really annoying so that people are cheering when they so die. You cheer when they die, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think "Don't Breathe" is the most recent example of that. Of, like, I just, I really just like that movie um, because like it goes out of its way to make everybody so unlikable to where like I'm not cheering for anybody to get out of this. I just kind of want all of them to die in a house fire and don't breathe. Um, and I think that this doesn't ever go in that direction for me, at least though. I, I could see how, uh, one of the characters would be extremely annoying for some people. I could see that with how he's, how the, he portrays the character, uh, <laughs> that the comedy relief guy. Oh yeah. 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 I don't know who the comedy relief guy was. Oh, uh, the blonde kid. Funny. blonde kid. I would call him like the silly comedy relief. Yeah. I guess so. I don't know because I. It's like. like... All right, go ahead. <laughs> I didn't know where he was placed yet, 
because I thought maybe he was a boyfriend first. And then it turned out he wasn't. And so I never saw him as like a comedy relief guy because they're all funny and they blend well together to where not it's not stereotypical. Right. Again. So it's not like the funny guy or the one that knows everything. He dies first, you know, or whatever the order is. But um, they they just all blended well together. And until you get to that certain point, you're like, oh, okay. Um, they're, they just are like, they're just all friends. So. Yeah. I think that's maybe the most important thing with them is they all do feel like friends. Um, which I'm not sure how long, cause this is a trilogy. Um, and some characters are, are in all of the movies. Um, so I'm not sure like how long they actually took to film this or if they filmed it in kind of like a series, yeah. uh, way. So like they just filmed it all in like six weeks or seven weeks or whatever. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the production was for this. I would really be interested to find out once all of this is out. I'm <laughs> sure some of that info will pop out somewhere. Um, but yeah, another fun thing that this does though is um, everybody is an adult. <laughs> um, everybody who's playing a teenager. Like in real is just, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In real okay. life, the actual ages of the people they're all. They're all adults, and I think the main Wait, girl is like almost... Wait, except for the kid, right? The kid uh, no, he's that. actually not even the youngest. <laughs> the youngest one is really? the girlfriend, the girl best friend. Um, she's actually the youngest of everybody. I think she's maybe just turning like 17 or 18. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but everybody else is 20 to 30 years old in that group. Wait, the girlfriend or the girl best friend? The girl best friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't I know guess... if you're doing this thing like um yeah, they're just really good friends. <laughs> <laughs> really good close friends. Okay. What lesbians? I just they're just hugging naked. What are you talking about? <laughs> Kissing it naked. Yeah, okay. That's what, that's what best friends do, right? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> <laughs> also, that makes me feel a little better that they're older because the teenage, I guess, making out or whatever made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> the near nudity parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're all of age. Okay. The very least. There's that. Um. I kind of figured because, like, I don't know if movies can really get away with that <laughs> anymore. Yeah, which anymore. I will say, this is rated R. Um, so mm-hmm. we've been saying like it's very '90s and kind of silly and stuff like that. But like, when it comes to the gore and the the language, it doesn't hold back at all. There's there's lots 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 of cussing. Well, the themes too. Yeah, the themes. The themes are very um, very adult, actually. Yeah, which I think is something that a lot of like YA novels and stuff like that maybe don't get enough credit for a lot of the times um, is because like these themes are taken from the series as far as I can tell uh, the later series that he did in 2014 and kind of ad- adapted into this not the actual stories but the themes themselves um, and I think that uh, maybe the young adult novels and stuff like that maybe don't get enough credit or they I, actually i would say a young adult novel could very easily be a rated r movie almost all of them like there's just just like one sentence away from like okay 
this is definitely a hard R. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I'm actually glad this one did take the leap on that because uh, I think it kind of would feel a little cheaper if it didn't show all the gore and it didn't show um, how it all started, I guess, and like how some of these characters came about, like some of the killers. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I'm sword. Go ahead. I said I was gonna say, I feel like um, a lot of goosebumps stuff uh, sort of went to darker territories. Um, I'm not sure about Fear Street because I never read any of those, but I know goosebumps was you know aimed towards younger kids, like. But, and I feel like they could have gone even darker, <laughs> but it never <laughs> reached that point really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the potential is there, but. Yeah, and from what I understand, and Fear I think Street this was is a good example of what a, a more adult Goosebumps could be, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's that's I think ultimately what this comes down to is like if you really really liked Goosebumps as a kid, this is gonna scratch that itch like crazy because yeah. it does feel like a it, mature Goosebumps. It kind of does. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because I know it's from like well, sort of from the same the writer that <laughs> did it or not yeah. but yeah it does sort of feel a little bit like that <laughs> it does um gonna go into some light spoilers here i'm not gonna spoil like the ending or anything like that the only thing i will say is that the ending of this does lead into part two which i think is probably mm-hmm. not very much of a spoiler people probably expect part one to lead into part two and two into part three um but something that I really like, I'm going to say real quick, is that I like how part two is a sequel and a prequel at the same time, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just because of like how strange the storytelling is in these. Yeah. But we'll have time to talk about part two uh, tomorrow. Um, what I really liked about this, going back to its homage to other slashers and stuff like that, is... The killers, and like I said, this will be light spoiler just on the killers themselves that are chasing the kids because there's the the witch's curse and all of the people yeah. who have kind of fallen victim to this witch's curse end up. Just gotta put the blame on the witches, but whatever. Yeah, well, witches are evil, Sam. You <laughs> you are witch. Well, so... well, I'm sure there's a reason she did it. So I guess we'll see in the third one. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's probably a villain still. I think she's not, to be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, the witch's curse ends up kind of affecting people or like cursing them in a way that they die and then become her kind of puppets, honestly. It's kind of what it seems like. is just kind of extensions of her. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And then you... um. So we have the like 50s, 60s styles girl who um, was a victim of. What was that? Nope, go ahead. Okay. Uh, We have the 50s, 60s girl who was kind of like a uh, victim of suicide and killing parents and stuff like that. Um, who is a victim and she walks around with a straight razor and heels. Um, not terribly effective. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, she does sing. She does. And the one character keeps commenting on like how hot she is, which is weird, but whatever. Weird. <laughs> um, and That's then you the have. Annoying, <laughs> yeah, he's. I think he would be like possibly the most grating on people. If anybody were to be grating, it would be him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you have the classic slasher. I'll call them um, homage character, which is the axe murderer. And very, yeah. very clearly based off of Friday the 13th. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no way that you can get around that at all. But the thing that I like about him is that he fucking sprints at everybody. And it's really awesome. Yeah. I think, yeah, it is cool that like all of them have their sort of, their own sort of things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you have the uh, Scream Killer, the character based off of Scream. Yeah, uh, which is literally just basically that, and he just has a knife. It's it's that it's scream. You've mm-hmm. you've seen the scream thing. You know what he looks like. Basically. Yeah. Um, even even like go so far as to call him like skeleton face or skeleton man, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, because he was like a skeleton mask or something. Yeah. yeah, which is just a complete ripoff of Ghostface, but like not a ripoff homage. Yeah. I wouldn't say homage because <laughs> it's it's in loving. Uh, but yeah, like it uses those three killers. There's not another one, is there? I think that's all. Um, nope. isn't there? An, huh? Nope. Let me see. Mm-hmm. All three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is there not? <laughs> Just the three. Um. Okay. Yeah, and I think that it, like uses them all very effectively, and it doesn't hold back on the killers doing a bunch of killing. Which I think if it were a PG thirteen, you would have to hold back on that. It's mm-hmm. extremely graphic when there is murder. <laughs> oh, it super is. Yeah. There's a lot of good, uh, gross scenes. <laughs> and... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't really want to talk super, about it super, too super much, fun. But... Yeah, yeah, I don't want to spoil it too much. But yeah, if like that's something that you're wanting out of it, it is extremely, extremely gory, extremely graphic. Um, mm-hmm. And some of the kills are actually shocking. There are some kills in this that I like did not see coming at all. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, it's it's really nice. It was a really nice, surprising summer treat because like it was like three weeks ago. I barely even knew it was coming, and then boom, it's here, and it's like this really, honestly, kind of incredible little movie. Yeah. <laughs> if if Netflix think. ever actually like puts it out. I would be happy to buy it. I don't know if they will because they barely put any of their things out on actual physical media. Uh, yeah. But it would be great to own these. I'd love to see more movies in the same vein as this. <laughs> yeah, that actually kind of makes me wonder if they're going to, since this was so successful, if they're going to like run with it and have it be like an every other summer kind of thing or something. That would be cool. I feel like um, these are, like I said earlier, like these are like, um, aimed towards teenagers, and I think this could maybe get some teens into like the slashers and horror and stuff like that. Yeah, because I agree with you. I don't think that there really is right now, at least, like horror movies that are not afraid to be gory or sexual or, or whatever it may be aimed towards yeah. teens, which is like. You, it can be rated R and whatever, and you can say, like, oh, adults only, but, like, 
Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween, like those were aimed towards teenagers because teenagers yeah. want to go and like have a good time and watch this gory, dumb thing. And like, it's been a really long time, I think, since you've had a horror series like really be aimed towards that audience. Mm-hmm. I think you get you get scary close to the line, though, where. Right, because Netflix is just like a hallmark, so they're going <laughs> to oversaturate it. Right. And oh, yeah. all Netflix things have the same tone. They have the same um, color palette. You know, they all look the same. So, um, yeah, different actors, different faces. But even if you get good actors, if it's a movie that they've already done before, it's just not good. So, I don't know. It's the be careful what you wish for, because then it's just going to it's just going to kill it in a way. That that's true. I mean Netflix does oversaturate. That's kind of their their MO. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of what they do. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Um <laughs> but I don't want to go too long on this. Uh I will say I for anybody who is interested in these at all like just once like at least for this first part like a really nice throwback to the 90s or like that slasher feeling i think this does it with aces like it's just such a perfect representation of what those movies were at the time but done in a very modern way yeah um and i would say maybe with more modern sensibilities as well honestly yeah i think so though i think part of me Probably the old part of me doesn't like the modernness of some of it. <laughs> maybe that's like, maybe that's the feeling I get with, that you get with nostalgic stuff. Nostalgic stuff. You're in the old, old. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, but for me, I would say it's this first part is a huge, huge recommend. Um, what about you, Liz? Um, yeah, I'd probably recommend it. It's good. It captivates you. Definitely not something you've seen in the last couple years of horror. So yeah, yeah. Maybe that's also why I like it so much is because it does. Even though it is like this throwback thing, it is kind of like a nice breath of fresh air. Like it's just things have been so dumb. <laughs> New horror, so <laughs> bad. I'd say things have been tame, and I like that this goes outside of that. And um, I think you say tame because it's a little bit, all a little bit more. Tame. It's a little bit more raunchy, honestly, and things aren't raunchy anymore. <laughs> I think because things are like um, afraid to, I guess, alienate an audience or like. I don't know. But this but Maybe this is like... how this is how horror works, right? Cuz you have your classics and it was the zombies and it was this whole thing and it was like that for so long. And then the exorcist comes out and was like never done something like this, right? It's brand well, new, yeah. it's awful. And then they just keep following on with that until, you know, then we get back into the gore with Saw and that was also revolutionary cuz no one's ever ever played a game with it before. Right. And so it keeps following that trend. And that's what horror does until you come up with the next person that actually brings up that new thing that hasn't been done before or is able to incorporate it all without it 
feeling like an oversaturation of just demon possession all over again, following this couple that follows demons all over again, you know, or, you know, playing games with people all over again, escape rooms, you know, because that's, it's exactly how the horror genre works. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I think that's just how media and stuff works in general. Like people are of course going to, um, try to do something different and if it catches on then it's going to be a complete oversaturation of that thing like zombies <laughs> or, um, and but, until like the next thing comes along yeah I think with just other medias though because everything is so vast and large and the possibilities are endless with whatever media they want to do outside of horror they can do it it just like you know take a risk do it if it hits it hits if it doesn't it doesn't. There's maybe one or two movies after that one that are similar, but then people keep innovating and keep moving on forward because it's so vast. And in horror, you can only move so much at a time. I think you do actually have a point there because I think you see the oversaturation with horror so much because horror, at the end of the day, is the cheapest fucking genre to make. Uh, you just get a guy with a camera <laughs> in a dark room and you can make a horror movie like horror movies are famously extremely extremely cheap to make and so like when one hits it fucking hits hard and the company and the people involved all make bank off of it because like an eight million dollar movie could make 800 million right and then if and of course because it's still a business because there's only so far you can move they redo it yeah and redo it that's why franchises are so hard like i completely respect everything that you know, the Conjuring universe is doing or attempting to do with everything being connected, but it's so hard to do in horror. You just can't do it because it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. Why would it all be connected um, when horror things don't connect? (laughs) I think, I think horror does do that a lot. It, It connects universes and stuff like that. A lot of it, it can be fan service, but a lot of it is because, some horror is really completely beyond like um um bizarre and almost satire <laughs> at a point and they embrace that and there's like a certain um i guess fan base or like um i guess area of the fandom um well i guess would be fan base <laughs> that really clings to like the uh, satire and the more you know bizarre areas of horror. <laughs> and I don't know bullshit. You also just have know. to get that right person though that can move it. That's why I say I respect what the Conjuring is trying to do because I would say they're trying to do like a a horror type of Guillermo del Toro and what he does. Because he does monsters. That's what he does. And he's moved in every genre. Mm, he's, he's, moved too, as, but... he's moved in, but he's moved in all of them. They all have a different tempo. They all have a different story. None of his monsters are the same. Um, so, I don't know. I think it's hard to move in there. Guillermo del Toro is just a weird kind of example anyway. Because he's like gone so far in like different directions. And sometimes he does super well. Sometimes it's not that great (laughs) yeah but why would you ever want to get lost then you get stuck in being like a tim burton 
you know no exactly and every, everything yeah. is exactly the same so like yeah. he's awesome but no i, I agree know. like i i respect the dude because i don't like everything that he's ever done but there's right. like pan's labyrinth is something that i fucking one of my favorite movies ever <laughs> he was the only man who was willing to put fish fucking into the zeitgeist he was the only one yeah. brave enough <laughs> Some of my least favorite movies and some of my favorite movies. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, Guillermo del Toro, tons of respect for that guy. He is, I think, very purposely, even when he's gone extremely mainstream, he still kept his his indie beginnings. I think he's really actually very self-aware of like what can happen to a horror director if he lets himself just go too far. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Or be stuck in a box. Yeah. Yeah. So, but either way, I think this movie I would recommend just as. What? I was going to say, I would recommend this horror discussion. (laughs) No, I was going to tie it back in just then, but got cut off. (laughs) Um, I would recommend this movie um, because it does bring all of those in, you know. I think it does bring a little bit of everything, which, you know, everything is an homage now. So I think it brings in all of it together into a fresh, a fresh view, but it can be easily oversaturated, but I would recommend it while it's fresh and new and everyone's talking about it because horror doesn't last forever (laughs) as a short lifespan. Sam, what would you, would you recommend this, this first movie of the trilogy? Well, I kind of disagree that horror has a short lifespan because I think a lot of the best horror movies play off of um, some of the older horror movies that are like timeless. But anyway, (laughs) uh, yeah, I definitely recommend this movie. I think it's really fun. Um, It's it it feels it really does feel like a throwback to the to nineties slasher movies. Uh, Yeah, so. If you like that, then great. Watch it. And if you like Goosebumps, <laughs> but like a more, like, very much more mature Goosebumps, then watch it. If you like Stranger Things, watch this. <laughs> if you like horror in general, just watch it, yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's a recommendation for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, recommendations all around for this first part for sure. I think it does a lot of really cool things. And the idea of like a film trilogy being released week to week is extremely cool to me. I mean, it's basically a mini series at that point, but still it is a film at the end of the day. I think that's the part that's really cool about it. Um, Yeah, I guess we're going to end this first discussion on fear street part one, 1994 for now. And then we're going to come back tomorrow with part two and talk about that and uh, what that is doing with the things that it's paying homage to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam, thank you for joining me tonight. Yep. <laughs> Liz, my wonderful wife, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I agree, invited. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you again uh, not too long from now. 
Um, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do that at the last ones in podcast at gmail.com or our link tree, which is L I N K T R dot E E forward slash L O I P. Uh, follow us, like us, subscribe. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Talk to you very soon. Bye. Or hate us. Bye. Haters Bye. are good too. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they spread the word fast. True. <laughs> you get a cult. <laughs>